and welcome back to Banished to the Black Hole. We are your hosts, Chris. And Mike. And then we have our very own Wizard of Oz, the man behind the curtain, Josh, who you may hear from time to time, but I don't know if he's ever going to show his face. No, probably not. That's why I got these cameras, so I don't have to be on them. Speaking of cameras, if any of you are watching this, you're obviously noticing something a little different about this episode. I thought that our one-year anniversary, which is actually August 1st, August 4th, sorry, um, would be a good time to kind of switch it up and give you guys something special, something different. So we're going to try the video route and we'll see how you guys like it. Always trying something new, something different, ways that we can improve, taking in feedback from people and seeing what people want and just kind of going from there and seeing what we can do. Well, you want to talk about some news after we got all that out of the way? Our little tiny celebration. We don't really have... That big of a celebration, but hey, it's kind of a big jump from audio to video, right? And I've only been here a couple months, so it's not really my anniversary. (laughs) All right, so let's bring the people some news. The first one's kind of a little bit of a downer. I was actually looking forward to traveling to Florida if this didn't get canceled. I kind of figured it inevitably would, but unfortunately, Halloween Horror Nights has been canceled for this year, which is a, a big disappointment for me personally, but... From the ashes of Halloween Horror Nights, another company is rising up with a new concept. This must have been done before. This is kind of like a hayride concept, but a drive-through haunted horror attraction. And the reason I wanted to bring this up, because I thought that was cool, but you're kind of seeing a lot of drive-through like movies coming back. You, I know before you previously mentioned... This is kind of like a Midwest state. It's normal. But for me, this sounds new. Yeah. So I just kind of wanted to... What was your opinion on the resurgence almost of drive through entertainment? And do you see this kind of being something that sticks around even after all this end of world stuff? Yeah. I mean, that's something like we did talk about it in the last episode where there's all these resurgence with movies and stuff. But you're going to definitely see it a lot more with all kinds of other things. So you're going to see... Haunted houses, the haunted hay rides, whatever you want to call it. You're going to see, I mean, who knows what else? Like when it comes to like Christmas time, are we going to have like drive through like Santa Claus and stuff <laughs> like that? Like we actually here in, uh, there's actually in Western Mass, there's the, the Bright Nights. That's a pretty common, pretty popular attraction around yes. Christmas time where people drive through Forest Park and Springfield Mass and they have lights set up everywhere and, and decorations and this and that. And so I've seen it for Christmas, I've seen it for Halloween, and we're kind of at this point now where that is kind of, people have to think about, they got to get creative and think about ways that you're going to be able to still have fun and do some things, but exactly, adapting and seeing, okay, what is a different way we can do it? I, I don't know if you've seen, like, they've had those movies where they're playing them like in the water, so like people are in like boats and oh, stuff yeah. like and that. Watch, they do like yeah, Jaws, like watch in the Jaws pool. and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, I think that that's like a really like cool way to do things. Even when there wasn't a pandemic, I was like, that yeah. sounds awesome to watch Jaws on the water. So, you know what? Like, sometimes things get a little stagnant. So you know, yes, Switch it's it because of a pandemic that you're changing it, but it's not necessarily a bad thing because who knows? Maybe this will create something new that somebody's it's going to become a new tradition that even you know hopefully when things go back to normal that maybe this is still how they're going to want to do hey, it you want to go to the drive through horror thing i mean think about it when you had like you know i don't know if you've ever gone to one but when i was a kid i remember going to like six flags great adventure and they had a drive through safari i 
never actually have been to Six Flags ever. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Riverside. That's a New England thing, I think. Yes. But it eventually turned into Six Flags. I've never actually been to Six I've Flags. I've never either. Yeah. So Great, Great Adventure was the New Jersey location. Okay. And um, so there was a drive through safari. I went through as a kid and you have the monkeys jumping on your car. I've seen and... videos of that. And like the crazy animals will, like come in and like scare the kids. Yeah. And, like, yes. They're like, Mom, I didn't mean for his head to come in the car. So, so well, that's kind of horrifying in its own <laughs> There you way. go. And that is something that is, again, I mean, this is when I was a kid. So this is not at all something that's done. That's more for the safety of the people than it is yeah. for just because we don't want to be spreading a virus around, which I guess is still safety for the people. But you know what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. it's to keep the animals separate, but still allow you to get in and experience it. So people are just kind of starting to think more and more of these things. We're going to have more of these, you know drive through petting zoo. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just think it's cool for the horror aspect doing like a drive through thing. The only thing that came to mind for me was they're not going to be able to like touch your car. I, I almost think the, the company itself should have like you get into their owned car so that like a guy with a chance, I could jump on the hood and it's not going to be like, I'm suing you. Yeah. You touch my stuff. You scratched, you scratched my yeah. hood. And I think it'd be cooler if they did it that way. But like the Jurassic Park aspect. Exactly. Yeah. and But I mean, they can't touch you anyway. Like, that's, yeah. it's not, you know, yeah. it's kind of like In strippers, anything. you know, no touching, you know, like. Um. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. The, the horror, um, like the haunted trail people have the same rules as strippers, except we don't tip them. <laughs> <laughs> you can't touch them, but they, well, uh, never mind. <laughs> There's... Yeah. Ways around. Yeah. But so anyway. Anyway. Neither here nor there. So, so this is how the first video one is going to go. Talking about what you can and can't get away with with strippers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when it's a visual medium, you got to talk about visual things. Exactly. <laughs> so that's something cool I think we can look forward to. I've only heard of it in Florida for now. So Orlando lost something, but it's gaining something. I'm hoping to see more of that now that we're seeing... A little bit more um, drive-through theaters doing like features. You yeah. had mentioned one that was doing Evil Dead in New York. That would be cool. So we'll see. Yeah, I think that we're gonna see more. It's just because that one's getting a lot of press because you have such a a widely known attraction site that's closed. So it's something that filled that gap. Who's not to say that you know your local farm that does the corn maze is not gonna still try to do something along the lines of you know a, a drive-through or a social distant you know going through it or whatever the people will figure ways out if they want to be able to still keep the money coming in yeah well that sounds cool i'm hoping to see that kind of spread to the rest of the country but uh the next news article i wanted to talk about was train to train to busan presents peninsula was actually moved to august 21st and is still slated for a theatrical release but there really wasn't like a vod mention which I found confusing because a lot of theaters were kind of moving to that. You yep. could get early access. You could rent it for like 20 bucks. Why do you think some theaters are still opting to stay in theater and not go that VOD route? So when you have a studio who has a lot of money on the line, they want to make as much money as possible. So even at $20, think about it. If you rent it for $20 yeah. and you invite five people over, they've now made less money than if all five of you went to the movie theater. So they got to kind of think about a way of doing math. There's also um, like, there's like exclusivity agreements that like the studios make with the theaters that they're not allowed to be able to release something so soon after it. And there was actually just this week, 
something I was going to suggest as a, as a news thing. And so this works out perfect. I'm going to just slide it right in here on you. Uh, AMC was actually kind of feuding a bit with, um, Universal Studios because they had released the movie Trolls VOD, like you had said. Yes. And so they were very upset. Like, you know, you're going to need movie theaters when they open up again, you can't do this. So we're just not going to show your movies at all. And just this past week, they actually came to an agreement. They're going to start showing Universal movies again. But what Universal gets out of this deal is that now they only have to wait, I want to say, 17 days. So they have a certain period of time where they can do VOD and yes. then it's in theater? No, so it'll be in theaters. Oh. And then they have to wait 17 days before it can be on VOD. I gotcha. So versus waiting the like 90 days that it was before or whatever the, the amount was, now they only have to wait 17 days. So it's a much shorter window. Yeah. So if you really, really want to see it right away, you're still going to have to go to the theater. But if you wait two weeks, you can then just get it on VOD. I, I hate that because I usually pull the trigger. <laughs> they would do that with movies that would be released on Amazon Prime, but would only have it for purchase. Right. And it's like yes. 20 bucks, 30 bucks. Yep. And I know if I just waited, it'd be five bucks or whatever. I did that with Hereditary. I did that with Midsummer. I did that with the new Suspiria. Like, I just couldn't wait. I yep. wanted to see it. And then they, they got me. Yeah, well, and see, and that's why they do it. Obviously, <laughs> it worked. And with um, Peninsula specifically, too, Shudder actually bought the exclusive rights for the streaming. I saw that. And so I think that may play into also why you're not seeing anything about VOD. I, may, I could be wrong. I think that was not till 2021 yep. that they were going to January. Have it? Okay. It is coming in January, but like I said, I don't know if maybe that had any kind of a factor that that's they're still true. trying to see like what drive-ins are going to be able to play it cuz let's be honest, that's all it's open. I mean, yeah. there's a handful of normal theaters that are open right now, but they're not really um prevalent, you know, like especially around here, none are open. And that's why he's on the show cuz he's got all the business statistics. <laughs> And I'm just sitting here watching movies being a dumbass. So yeah, it's, it's know, perfect. It works out. It's all good. I just say some stuff and you give me the facts straight <laughs> up. You're the original odd couple. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I was able to kind of fill a role because the thing is, is I can't be as funny as Bill. So at least I can give some information. That's subjective. <laughs> <laughs> but let's move on to another cool news story that I heard. This one's a little bit. I know we started on a downer and we're kind of going up. Uh, I feel like that's a trend. That's kind of yeah. how we always do things. Well, I, I want to like, you know, you got to give people this one level. And then if you keep bringing them up, they're going to be happy. But sometimes people do the the like good news sandwich where it's like the two good news and then the, the shit news in the middle. Like, I'm just a pessimist. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got to stop letting me writing these scripts. Don't yeah. let me write it anymore. All right. But uh, so it was announced or it wasn't announced at Comic-Con recently there was an interview with the manga artist Junji Ito, who is a horror artist. He does lots of different mangas. There was a anime season that was produced. He does graphic novels, crazy artwork, horrific stories. Like, if you're into Japanese horror, you probably have heard his name. Um, but he is talking about doing a video game with Hideo Kojima, which they were previously supposed to work on PT, which obviously got canceled. But there was rumors and speculation saying that they're going to be working on a new game. But unfortunately, nothing is announced yet. But the fact that he's even saying that, I mean, there's got to be something in the works. I know uh, Hideo Kojima, even in the Metal Gear series, there was horror aspects. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 3, there was the scene where you're basically 
going down this river and dead bodies are coming at you of all the people that you killed. One way to get around that was to not kill anyone up to that point or do a suicide pill. (laughs) (laughs) That's always a solution. I, I just think that that would be something awesome. I would love to see the work that they can do. I just think that they're missing the third piece from PT, which was, I'm going to slaughter this, Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo. I can never say that. Yeah, Guillermo. Right. <laughs> but I just thought that was something cool. I'm looking forward to hearing some more news, just something to keep on your radar, because I enjoy Junji Ito, his artwork, his concepts. Obviously, Hideo Kojima is a genius. But, you know, sometimes they, what can happen, too, is you talk about, like, not having Guillermo del Toro could be a possible downside. But sometimes when you have too many people, give them too many ideas. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Exactly. So sometimes it's nice to be able to be a little bit more focused. But at the same time, sometimes you do need those other people. Because, yeah. uh, what is it, Death Stranding? Death Stranding, yes. I feel like that was a game. All right. Well, I think that just about does it for my ranting about Japanese horror. <laughs> So let's move on to something I'm pretty excited about. I have been waiting for this because I love the first movie, but recently a trailer for Terrifier 2 has been released. Art the Clown is back, baby. (laughs) And I can only imagine what he's bringing because... Did you see the first one? I saw the first one and I watched the trailer. Uh, Actually, before you even said that we were going to be discussing it, I was like, we need to talk about this. Yeah. So if you remember... Anything, well, if anyone, not us, but you guys remember Terrifier, the first one, like the gore was insane. Like, I, for anyone who hasn't seen it, I'm not going to say it, but there's like the wishbone thing that I'm not going <laughs> to go into detail about. There was like a part where he stabbed someone in the face, and I was just like, damn, it was like good editing, good cut, good effects. Like, and it's not all like CGI, like a lot of movies do. Practical it's a lot effects. of practical effects. Bring it's a it. really practical cool, effects. like character. Art the clown, the character, the actor who portrays him has like just straight up nailed that role. Like he, the the mannerisms, the facial expressions, just everything he does, are just so creepy and so unsettling. Which is exactly what you want in that kind of a movie. Like, yeah, it's not trying to play it to be like some cheese fest, some like, you know, something, haha, I'm going to laugh. It's a made for sci-fi original. This is like, no, we're making a horror movie and we're going to make it brutal. And I love that movie. It was such a, like a surprise. Like I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. I like that. It didn't try to, it didn't have any delusions of grandeur. It's like, this is a straight up slasher. We're going to show crazy gore. And it's just, straightforward and sometimes like i want my hereditary i want my mind to be like messed with but a lot of times i just want to have fun and watch art the clown just terrorize a couple of hot chicks you know on halloween perfect halloween movie but the terrorizer 2 seems to kind of probably i would say obviously a little bit better production value which would be fun i'm looking for Actually, what are you looking for? Because I'm just looking for more over-the-top gore. I want—I don't really need them to do anything crazy. Just bring out the clown. Bring the blood. I want to see some splattering guts, and I'll be happy as a fan. Yeah, for me, my, my like sole complaint for the first movie was I just felt it looked a little too cheap. And like I'm okay with Grainy. things being low-budget. I'm okay. There was just this like 
just this like element that you could tell that it was made with like cheaper cameras that just yes. and just the per, like the post production of it like the color correction whatever it may be technical wise it just almost looked it was like a step above like shooting it on your iPhone <laughs> with like video and then just putting it through a film filter you know what i mean like it was it didn't look great so i wonder if that was on purpose though i would i would love to like research or find some sort of commentary cuz i'm sure that's come up Oh, I'm sure. And it probably was done on purpose, but within the limits of their budget. So the nice thing about the sequel is that the first one became such a hit that when they did, I believe it was Indiegogo, because no one wants to do Kickstarter anymore. Um, <laughs> I think they did an Indiegogo the cool and they like blew like their their goal like out of the water. Like they, yeah. I think they did almost like double what they originally wanted as their goal. And so the trailer shows that like immediately I noticed that the look of the movie is far superior yep. to the original. So like you, as long as you keep a nice gory story, you keep it where weird things are happening and he's being creepy and I'm going, that's a cool <laughs> he's fact. He's carrying his giant trash bag full of whatever's in yeah. there. <laughs> as long as they keep that stuff and then just keep the story going, I'm okay with it because like you said, it's a slasher. And just to... keep it grounded. We don't need... Every movie doesn't have to be Midsummer. Every movie doesn't have to be Hereditary. Let's have some fun. Oh yeah, that's I'm all what about horror. Is about right. Just I'm all about fun. having fun. That's for sure. I, all I want to do is I want to sit there with a six pack and a pizza and watch some gore on a Friday <laughs> night. You know. And the the first one like also was one of those movies that because of how it looked, I heard that they actually did like a limited edition VHS of it, and I was like, I need to buy that. And it was already sold out. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. people were, like, they jumped right on it. And so, like, that's, like, kind of, like, a new, like, niche market is they're, like, re-releasing movies as, like, VHS. And they come in the big clamshell cases. I've actually bought a couple of them myself. I think I may even have talked about the, it Nostalgia is a big thing. If you think and, about it, a lot of the people that grew up, like, our generation or before, they grew up renting those VHSs. So now that these companies are coming out with cool movies and stuff... I mean, it's an obvious hit. You're yeah, gonna, for I, sure. I would love to have a VHS. I just don't have space for it. All right, well, keep your eyes on Terrifier 2's release and make sure you check out that trailer because it got me pretty hyped. And if you haven't watched it already, watch the original. And there's actually All Hallows' Eve is an anthology movie that Art the Clown... His first appearance. They made that first appearance and Terrifier was a like feature-length version of that story. So let's move on to a couple things that are releasing in the month of August. Maybe. Well, this one will <laughs> most definitely be being released. On August 18th, the TV show Cursed Films will actually be releasing on Blu-ray, which was originally on Shudder. This was a TV show that kind of went over each movie, like The Omen, The Exorcist, Poltergeist, The Crow, Twilight Zone, and kind of... Gave a little bit of backstory from the cast and crew and kind of like the strange happenings that went on that made them cursed films. Uh, some of it sounds like happenstance, but well, that, some of it's kind of eerie. And it's interesting to hear from the perspective of the crew, you know? Well, that's what I really liked about the series. I watched it when it was on Shudder is that normally it's, you know, people making videos on YouTube or writing articles or whatever. And it's just them kind of just conspiracy eh, theories yeah this is just something that i heard or you know oh my 
you know what? I knew a guy who was uh, at craft services on this set yeah. and he told me this happened. And, and no, it's cool. Like you said, they talked to the people who actually worked on the movie. You're getting directors, you're getting actors, you're getting, you know, costume designers, which, yep. you know, okay, I guess, you know, craft services has an equal part too. I can't, you know, talk <laughs> down on them, but, but Spoiler my alert, they don't talk to craft services. <laughs> but my, my point being is that they, you know, they talked to a whole different pe- bunch of people to be able to, really get the story and they talk about why or why not they think that it is actually a curse or not, which usually, like you say, it's happenstance. It's, it's more fun to have a curse behind it and have some sort of story versus like, eh, random things happened. I think it's worth watching just to see the special effects directors thoughts on the poltergeist using actual skeletons commentary. Yes. Cause it's funny. That dude (laughs) He, was. no remorse. <laughs> he did not hold back. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Not to give me spoilers. So watch, watch it or buy the Blu-ray. Yeah, the, on Shutter or Blu-ray, which is great because there's still those people that like to have physical media, and so, <laughs> so it's cool that they're actually putting it out. It, it came yeah. out a while ago. It was originally supposed to be, I think, at like festivals, and then they I can't recall put it out, but. I know Shudder's been releasing more stuff. I saw it. There's a movie called like Terrified. I believe it was like a foreign film. But I noticed when I was looking this up that that was actually going to be released on Blu-ray eventually also. So I'm thinking that Shudder, all those exclusive things, they might be moving at least some of them to physical media. Yep. You wanna, we want to get those people because some people are still stuck in – I shouldn't say stuck. Like it sounds like negative Some because obviously here I am. I'm stuck. <laughs> you can say it. Some people, you know, prefer – I think that's the better way to put it. Some people would prefer to have physical media because you never know what's going to happen. If, say, God forbid that Shutter were to shut down, you know, it's all that lost. stuff goes away. So this is a way to be able to preserve it. Or you don't want to have to keep paying over and over and over again every month to still keep access to something. Some people like that. I bought this once, now I have it, and I can watch it as many times as I want and never have to keep paying. Like, I totally get that. I totally understand. But I also think that there's room for both. I don't think that you need to stop one because the other exists. So for those that prefer one, you do one way. For those that prefer the other, you go that way. So Curse Films is something I highly recommend. It was super interesting. This was something that my wife actually even sat down and watched with me because she doesn't really care about horror movies but she loves watching like behind the scenes stories yeah. on things and, and almost documentary style. Exactly. So she's a big like true crime person too. So she'll watch those documentaries. Yeah. So like to her, like almost having a cursed film is almost like watching an episode of unsolved mysteries or something I almost like that. Just name drop. That. <laughs> so there you go. Like, you know, we're on the same wavelength here, you know? Yeah. So it's all good. So, I mean, did you watch all of them or did you only get to Cherry pick it or unsolved mysteries? Or no, I'm sorry, films? the the cursed films. Oh, I watched them all. Okay. My only negative comment about cursed films is there's no more. Right. It was like what five episodes? Five episodes yeah, and I then done. To, it was one of those things where you're you're binging it and you get to the end and it's like advertising something else and I'm like, wait, wait, no, no, stop! <laughs> like, what what's happening? Yeah. Like, am I missing something? I mean, that's kind of a good thing for anyone who's been involved in these cursed films that there's not more i guess (laughs) but for my entertainment value god i want some more cursed films yeah no it was it was so well done there's so many movies that that could have also been that you do you want because each episode is a different movie yeah so you want to be able to make it so that there is something else to learn about because oh well i heard that this one might have been cursed please tell me more about that like 
That's just the human curiosity. Like, I, I get it. It's like either squash the rumor or tell me more about what happened. Right. That's exactly. So I say go for it. It was great. Watch it. Watch it on Shutter. Watch it on Blu-ray. Enjoy it. If Your they preferred make, media. If they make more, awesome. If not, at least we got that, and yeah. and we'll go go from there. Definitely worth watching. So the next release I want to talk about in August is something that we've been waiting for forever. And it looks like on August 28th, The New Mutants is finally coming out. And this is another movie that I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, is theatrical release. Well, that's why I said maybe when you were like, oh, we're going to talk about some things that are coming out yeah. in August. I was like, well, maybe, because let's be honest, that movie was shot like three years ago. Yep. So it itself is a cursed film. Like it is not coming out. <laughs> cursed production. And I feel like that it is something that is... We're at a point where everything keeps getting delayed. Everything keeps getting postponed. Everything keeps switching to on demand. Like, I don't see this. I don't see August 28th. All of a sudden, everything gets better. Like, not to sound pessimistic and, and this and that. But, like, look at how everything else has been going. Where well, things I have, just I have concerts going. in September that are canceled. Right, exactly. Postponed. Like, it's not going to get better. But I feel like this is another situation of you got to... Do it or not. Right. Because Halloween. Same thing with The Hunt. Like, they pretty much had to be like, are we doing VOD or are we delaying this again? What are we doing? Yeah. They did VOD. I don't know what the numbers were, but I liked the movie. Yeah. The movie was great. But they, they got my 20 bucks. I think they got 40 bucks out of me because I had to rent it twice. <laughs> the first time I was, like, super distracted by someone. Like, I was texting. I got distracted. And then my rental ran out. But I needed to talk about it for one of the episodes of this podcast. Yep. So they, they got another 20 bucks out of me. So there you go, movie studios. Yep. Just give it the rental. Just and keep getting dummies like you to keep paying the money. You exactly. Know? <laughs> <laughs> give me a Friday night, a couple beers, and I'll forget and have to rent it again. Yeah. But, like, I think that, you know, outside of if it only went to drive-ins or – because, again, theaters just are not open. Like, especially in our area yeah. where we would want to go see it. Is Enfield even we wouldn't open? Be, it is not open. No. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's geez. it's that's depressing. There was talk of them opening like two weeks ago, but like everything else, that got yeah. pushed back indefinitely because we just don't know when it'll be. Because right now, the only way that you really have theaters open, uh, for the most part, for the majority of the country, like I think like Florida and Texas, I think have like a handful of movie theaters open or something. You know, like depending on what chain it is and everything, it, I, it could be different. But like I know Cinemark specifically, it's like Florida and Texas, and that's it. So there's not really like a whole lot of options there. So like, even if let's say like everything was safe, if you don't have the theaters open, you, you can't release it theatrically. Like they, they yeah. want to get some money back. But at the same time, we, we talked about this before too. At some point, they're just gonna have to cut their losses. Like Disney owns it now. They didn't make it. They inherited the debt of Fox when they bought them. But at the same time, like they'll just do their little Hollywood accounting and then make up how like, yeah. oh yeah, we, we still made money or whatever because they now own the X-Men characters and they're going to make billions of dollars when they finally do start making yeah. movies again. So it's like, this is like a redheaded stepchild movie. Like they have no love for this movie. They just no. want to get it out because legally they have to release it. But like these characters, if ever you see them again, are going to be totally different, played by different actors like this story's not going to get a sequel. Like it was set up as, I guess, like a trilogy, like everything yeah. is. And we're not going to get that now. We're going to get the one movie, but it looks awesome. I want it to come out, but I'm also realistic. The only thing I was very surprised at was there was all this talk of it being an R rated movie. And the latest trailer that came out said it was PG 13. 
Did I just ruin your day? <sighs> that ruined my day. <laughs> that was not my intention. Well, it's But fine. it is my point that I was really looking forward to getting, much like how like Deadpool nailed the character because they kept true to the comics by keeping it R-rated. Logan. Logan was awesome as an R-rated movie. I thought that they were like, you know what? We're going to make a horror movie for the X-Men universe. We got to make it R. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to be bad because there's still plenty of good PG-13 horror. But But that was back, I think, when PG-13 meant something different. (laughs) You know, like back in the day, our PG-13s were like borderline like flirting with R. But at the same time, that you, you, while you make a great point there, at the same time, you still have recent stuff like the Conjuring series and stuff like that are PG-13. The con the first Conjuring is PG thirteen. Both of them are. Wow. Annabelle is R, but I, the Conjuring Annabelle, is PG thirteen. We don't talk about Annabelle. I talk about Annabelle. I like. I'm a big fan of the first two. The third one was a turd, but I'm trying to think which one. The one I liked was the one where they were like fake mediums. Well, I mean, in real life, they were all fake. So well, yeah. whatever. <laughs> the first Conjuring. I probably just pissed I off love, a lot of people. That's fine. Let them come at us on Facebook. <laughs> Come but on, no, it's, a, it's, it's leave a Warren. comment for us about how you're mad at Mike. Yeah, it's the Warrens <laughs> and not me. That were they were from Connecticut. Yes, and they did these famous exorcisms, and uh, the Amityville Horror was them. They're probably their most famous. And name. and so the the Conjuring is based on a real thing that they allegedly had happen, and then the Conjuring Two was like the Enfield murders or something like that. Yes. Not Enfield, Connecticut. <laughs> I, that's what I was hoping when I first heard it announced. I was like, Enfield, Connecticut. <laughs> something around us is getting like popular. Yeah, no, no, it was Enfield, like With, London or something, or well, in England, in, Enfield mean. in England. Yeah. With that being said, I lived <laughs> in a neighborhood that had a film crew once. They were they were shooting all over, and I was walking by, and I was like, "What's going on?" They're like. We're shooting a TV show. And we're like, all right, whatever. Thought nothing of it. A few months later, we find out that it was like my possessed pet or something like that on Animal Planet. That's every chihuahua ever. (laughs) (laughs) And so my neighborhood at the time was on Animal Planet because these people claim that their pet was like possessed by a demon or something. Wow. So, yeah. Well, at least we're famous for something. (laughs) But... In relation to James Wan, the next thing I want to talk about is actually a little bit of a depressing thing. There you go. You got that so, depression sandwich going again. I know. I This is like a Big Mac at this point. <laughs> I just keep putting the meat and the bun. I'm giving you guys a lot of bread. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm trying to give you some more meat. That's the world that, we live in Don't right take now. that the wrong way either. <laughs> Please. But What's the right way? <laughs> whichever way you think. Ooh. I want well, this made me sad because I was very looking forward to this project. This is James Wan's new project called Malignant, and it was supposed to come out on August 14th, but now it is indefinitely delayed. And this project already had no like information. They were keeping the plot like super under wraps. The only thing that we know is that it was like, a giallo or however you pronounce it. Giallo. Which I think would be cool because I like James Wan when it's him behind the camera. And I would love to see what he did with that kind of genre thing. But now we're not going to see it until who knows when, which is sad because it's in post-production right now or just about ready to be released. Yeah, it could be. I'm sure if it was going to be coming out in just a couple weeks that it's probably done at this point. Which is the same thing. 
that uh, John Krasinski did with uh, Quiet Place 2. He's it's just on hold right now. Yep, because that was supposed to be like in May. I think that that was supposed to come out, like... which is a smart move, I guess. But <sighs> damn, like I want these movies, <laughs> man. Like, well, I think what we need to do is we need to make sure for the next episode that we come up with some more good news because what's happening is that this is this is what all the news is right now is everything's getting delayed like with the exception of like movies that were shot a while ago that were like supposed to go like theatrical that like you know what we're just going to make it a shutter original now or yeah. it was supposed to do a film festival run and then it didn't do that anymore or whatever the case may be like that's just unfortunately the world that we live in right now and we're going to run into a point where um the haven't even made movies for a while. Yeah. So like what everything that's come out is had been shot like a while ago with the exception of uh shutter just came out with a movie called host yes. and it's all shot on zoom. I saw that. Yeah. And is that a product of the time you think, or was that previously like planned? Like, like it was something they were just going to do anyway. Yeah. That's, I, I, I never, I never heard of zoom before this whole fucking exactly. deal. Yeah. Did it even exist before? Is this just a made-up virus by the government to <laughs> push Zoom? To push Zoom? Nope. It's all a conspiracy to get I Zoom. I like Zoom better than Skype and all that because you can make cool backgrounds. And... Well, then it's working. <laughs> I don't use it. I use it like once because, you know, you're in those Zoom groups and your friend's like, hey, let's do a Zoom. And I'm like, do I have to download another app? And that's another thing with me is I'm so like, Ugh. Can't we just use Skype? I'm sick of all. I'm an old apps. man set in my ways. <laughs> exactly. I'm an old man yelling at the clouds. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. Well, I, I don't, I'll tell I, you what. To go back to your to your question, I don't know how the the all the stories behind it, but my my point was is that's how things are going to be going forward. Is yeah. they're going to have to just like with the haunted houses, they're going to have to start getting creative adapt. and adapt how they're going to make movies now. I mean, there were already movies being made that were like through FaceTime yeah. and stuff like that. So like, or just shot on an iPhone, for example. Yeah. Or... So they can do it. And you've seen like TV shows that have done it lately where they were doing a lot of those reunions and stuff like that. So, well, even like happen. news, I, I'll watch like the news cause just to hear background noise when I'm working remote and they're all like from home and you know, from like the bottom down <laughs> no they're naked, yep. just like me right now. <laughs> If you guys want to see the uncut version, no, I'm kidding. Subscribe on our Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. We're selling nudes, baby. Yep. We got to make money, you know, just like anybody else. So let's move on to a couple of movie reviews before we get to our Wishmaster kind of series roundup. So recently, I've never actually watched this film. I'm a Cronenberg fan. Um, please don't hate me because it's the first time I watch it, but Videodrome. Lots of nudity. Here, I'll take, I'll take the heat off of you. I've never seen it. There. there. <laughs> that's now you, fine. Now you can hate me more instead no, of Chris. That's not as bad as when Bill said he's never seen Alien or <laughs> Aliens. All right? I, that's unforgivable. I'm pretty sure he still hasn't seen Aliens. But It's probably why he moved, so he wouldn't have to watch it. <laughs> he was too scared he didn't want to watch Aliens. He didn't want to disappoint you. <laughs> Little did he know that. He'd been disappointing you for years already. Bill, yep. you're, you're not even on the show right now, and I'm never going to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be a running gag. <laughs> like, the show's going to just go on for years, and we're just going to talk about not having seen Aliens, <laughs> even after he's seen it. We're like, no, you didn't. Yeah. But the proof. reason I wanted to bring up Videodrome, not only did I watch it, but anyone familiar with the concept is Videodrome, in the movie Videodrome, 
is actually like a TV station that specifically shows like not like snuff films or just like violence, which almost made me start thinking, is this kind of the first movie that inspired that torture porn genre? Or is there any movies before that that kind of like inspired that that you know of? Because I, if I look back, I don't see any movies that really like did that. I mean, you could make an argument for maybe Last House on the Left or something, but that's not like that's more literally torture porn. But you know what I mean, like the yeah. hostels, the saws. It's like literally like on screen just watching sadism. You know, right? My thought was that it kind of is almost just like Cronenberg taking another step in a common theme that you'll find in movies where you have things like you know the running man where it's like here you have a game show that's all about people killing each other and like later on obviously like battle royale and stuff like that like it's a common not the hunger games (laughs) all you damn kids battle royale was first watch it but it's that's the thing is that it's it's a common thing and i could go on there's there's a movie that unfortunately is escaping my mind right now but i i actually bought it recently on uh laser disc that has Harvey Keitel, where he gets uh, a camera implanted into his eye so that everything he sees can be broadcast. And the whole reason why that they did that was they were going to air the first killing live on TV. Oh, wow. And this was back in the 70s, like late 70s. And so, like, it's not exactly the same as what you're saying, but so I see like what you're saying. It's flirting with that concept. Yeah, there's, which a, is... there's always these concepts of people... You know, you go back to the Romans watching gladiators fight to the death. Like that's true. That people are entertained by watching horrible things happen. Sorry, so, Cronenberg, you didn't start the torture porn. It was the <laughs> damn Romans. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying he did or didn't. I'm just saying I think that he put a new twist on it. Yeah. But it may not have even been new because, again, like you say, there could have been other movies. It's something that's very prevalent. But at least Cronenberg. Again, I have not seen the movie, but I know his reputation. And I know other movies that I've seen. He's going to put his own spin on it. He's going to yes. put his stamp on it that says, it was, this is Cronenberg. It was very Cronenberg. It was weird as hell. <laughs> yeah. It's good, but it was weird. It's definitely not for everyone. Oh, I, I can believe that for sure. My wife came home one day and was like, yeah, someone at work said that uh, we should watch video draw. I'm like, um, yeah, I haven't seen it. And I already know. Like, I planted a seed. <laughs> that is not that is not something that you are going to want to see. Like, I know my wife. I know what yeah. she likes. and It's graphic that's not gonna be something that she's gonna like it's not like the fly graphic but it it has some graphic right gore. right there's a there's a lot of a lot of boobs shots so if anyone is looking for some boobs that's your movie <laughs> if as long as you're gonna handle the weird stuff there's a lot of like high concept stuff in that movie then well, again that's very cronenberg because even like the fly you know he's doing a big studio movie that's a remake of a classic horror movie he still turned it into more of a body horror type yeah, movie, which he's known for. And he has all these other movies that uh, that's like the whole premise behind it is just, I'm going to really mess with your mind and get you uncomfortable. And I would assume that his movie video, is it video? I always mess it up too. Is it video drone or video drone? Drone. Okay. So video drone was the crappy nineties like band that was on Korn's music label. Then. Oh wow. I forgot <laughs> about that, that band. Yeah. So that's why I would always is, mix Or is them. the band also Drone? No, there it's that's what it is, is one is one video and one is the drone. other. I think the band is Drone. Yeah. Because it's definitely video Drome. Yeah. Now you got me like 
thinking. Like a go. drome, like when you <laughs> drome things. <laughs> I don't so, know what's reality anymore. So anyway, <laughs> with that tangent, I'm just I'm just messing with you tonight. That's my whole thing tonight. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> I'm gonna try to be as stoic as I can. You can't break me. Oh boy. Now, oh, now I have a challenge. Get, like that monk it. that set himself on fire. <laughs> yeah, right? This will be exhibit A in the uh, case evidence. Right. Well, I know we both watched another movie recently. Um, Night of the Demons 2. I don't know if this is even coming off good on camera. Yeah. This is Night of the Demons. I really didn't enjoy this one as much as the first one. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on Night of the Demons 2? The Deuce. Um, my thoughts are this. It came out in 1994, which was... A very strange time. Which is much later <laughs> than, than the first one. Like, at that point, horror was, like, really going down. Like, yeah. it was not popular. You weren't getting, like, new entries that were, like, considered classics or anything like that. Like, it was a weird time. So with that being said, it starts doing stuff in the movie that still reminds me of things they would do in the eighties. Um, because like you in the nineties started seeing things kind of get more tamer. They were like trying to, uh, not get too offensive in this and that. So like a lot of, even the horror movies, not a whole lot of blood, not a whole lot of nudity, not a whole lot of like anything to be like controversial yet. This movie has nudity. It has blood and it has people that are like, summoning demons in a church and like like saying bad things to priests and stuff like that so like he said the bad thing to me (laughs) so like so these are things that like you weren't seeing in 1994 so for that aspect i can appreciate it but i just have such a like a soft spot in my heart for the first one like because it's it's amazing yeah and this movie is not like totally it's it's not that it's not amazing it's just the first one had like a vibe yeah you know it just encapsulated the time you got what's her name i can't believe i'm forgetting this right now are you forgetting linnea quigley i am you son of a bitch (laughs) i'll never forget the opening scene her first shot i was just like In the, in the I like this movie. In the convenience store? Yes. I'm like, I, I was just like the clerks behind the counter. I'm just like, yeah. hi. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a classic scene. You can gift that all the yeah. time, you know, whatever. But I mean, it had it, had it all. It had the, it, like, the jokes were good. Like, yeah. It had a specific tone. There was tone. a good vibe. It had a specific tone that it didn't really like deviate from. It, like, it stayed within like, a, a realm of like, scary and funny, and it stayed within that lane. Whereas... Two is like all over the place. Like it becomes yeah. like slapstick. You have the nun like pretending that she's fencing with the like yardstick. Oh, yeah. And she's like saying stupid things and like trying to be funny. And like that stupid line of like anybody got too close, leave some room for the Holy Ghost. Oh, and yeah. It's like when they were like at the dance. Yeah, whatever. exactly. So like the tone goes all over the place. But then it would have some cool gore. But then it was like the same effect over and over again. It's just people getting decapitated. Yeah. It wasn't. It didn't get, like, super creative, whereas, like, the first one had, like, again, Linnea Quigley with the lipstick and, like, just, like, crazy things happening and being weird and, like, you kind of knew who the characters were more, whereas this one was just, like, you have this girl who's, like, related to Angela and so bad things happen and it was, like, kind of, like, whatever, like, ooh, these are all bad girls that are at this, like, Catholic school or something. Yeah, just trying to party and right it was everything like didn't really make like a whole like ton of sense to me like in terms of like 
why? <laughs> it reminded me like the kind of like the same thing you said about that <clears throat> that Johnny Knoxville movie. It's like trying too hard to be something it's not. Right. So like the, the, so yeah, exactly. So to go back to my saying, like if I watched it in 1994, I would have appreciated it more because it was like, man, it's been a while since I've seen something like this. Yeah. But now that we have access to anything and everything at any given moment, it's I'm not, noticing some flaws. It's like unfortunately. It's like. I mean, I enjoyed it. I had fun watching it. I watched it with a friend, and we both, like, at the end, we're like, yeah, it's cool, but it wasn't, like... I wouldn't watch it again. It wasn't, like, amazing, but, like... If you're curious, if you like the first one and you're curious, I would say watch it. For me, I... Unless someone's pulling my arm, I'm I'm good. I'm, I'm big, and this is something that I know... I'm just going to put this out there. This is going to come up a lot. Watch as, this. He's going to like be that movie assignment. He's going to be like Night of the Demons 2 again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But what I was going to say was that uh, I'm the type of person that I'm very big. I love watching like before they were stars type movies. Yes. Like seeing people that I know like in earlier roles or even if it was like you knew them from something else and then you thought they never did anything again. And that's the case with this was Christine Taylor was in this who I knew from Hey Dude on Nickelodeon <laughs> because I'm old. And so that was the first time I saw her. And then she later on... For would... all you young kids, feel free to Google what Hey Dude is. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I, I watched an episode recently. I, I remember it does not hold up. I heard it's boring as heck. Not only that... Did I, I just say heck? I, yes, you, you said heck. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember every single word to the theme song when I watched the episode. Wow. I sang along the whole time. Some of those things are just and like imprinted in your mind. I just, it's I like guess I watched it enough. I guess I watched it enough. I remembered every word. It was so weird because I definitely hadn't watched More famous, I would say, is that she later went on to be Marsha Brady in The Brady Bunch and then married Ben Stiller and did other comedies and stuff like that. She, yeah, she was in like Zoolander yep. maybe? Yep, Like if you saw her face and you see her in Night of the Demons too, you're like, I know who that is. Yep. She's on Arrested Development. Yeah. It's like a a face you could say you've seen. So I don't know if you noticed it, though. So this movie came out before she was Marsha in The Brady Bunch. But there is a character that refers to her as Marsha multiple times in the movie. That is not her character's name. I wonder if that had any sort of... uh, She just... She looks like Marsha Brady. It's like it was perfect casting when they, they basically were like, we're commenting... When we're making this movie, Night of the Demons 2... This character is basically saying how she's a Marsha. Yeah. Because that was like a thing at the time to call somebody a Marsha and you would know what that would mean. Yep. You know, now we call people Karens. Back then you call people yeah. Marshas, you know, like, so like. So uh, back then being a Marsha, at least you're hot. <laughs> right. So, so there was that aspect to it. So they were calling her a Marsha and then someone was like, you know what? Damn, she is a Marsha. Hire her. Let's let's get her. And someone she's got going a promotion for that casting, right? For sure. They're like, this is the easiest casting job I ever had. So all because I watched Night of the Demons too. <laughs> and then you know, Night of the Demons too also limited theatrical release. It was like California had a couple locations. So for all intents and purposes, this is a straight to video movie from 1994. It feels like it when you're watching it. Yeah. So the cool thing to see is if you want to see the continued story from the first one but not that great, and you want to see Christine Taylor, and you want to see what the director of BMX Bandits did later on, then this is your movie. <laughs> hey, kids, Google BMX Bandits, because I don't even know what that is. Uh, like I said, I like movies that are like before they were stars. It was yep. Nicole Kidman's first movie. She's oh, like a wow. teenager. 
Okay. Yeah. She's not doing like tricks and stuff, is she? She's not the BMX one. She's probably uh, love interest. No, her her stunt double's doing the tricks. Damn. <laughs> All right. It's her and a group of kids. It's Australian. Anyway, it's not horror. That makes sense. Yeah. We'll talk about an Australian movie a little bit later. Yes, we will. Yep. Shh. That's why I threw that in there. You like that? Yeah. I do some prep. Little little, little <laughs> hints for what's coming down the line. I do some prep. Well, it's, it's also people should know. They like, should. It's not, like, it's not like it's a secret. It's fun trivia. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. So one series I'd like to do kind of is just analysis of a whole whole series of movies. I don't know if you want to like get like a, a zoomed in shot or not. We can uh, you can continue, Chris. So I thought it would be cool to go over kind of just a whole movie series. And for the first one I wanted to pick was Wishmaster because I myself was curious. I'm always looking for those little like movies you heard of but you never really watch like one two etc etc and i'm always like maybe they're gems that i didn't see even though people say they're terrible maybe they're wrong yeah in in this case i'll let you know i'm with you but one thing i can say wishmaster one released in 1997 produced by not robert england Wes Craven. Wes Craven, yep. Yeah, but Robert England is in it. Yes, he is. So this was in 1997, uh, directed by Robert Kurtzman, who was mostly famous for doing special effects on movies, did a lot of like the, uh, the makeup, and I believe he was involved in... Oh, man. <laughs> did you hear that hum? <laughs> <laughs> What's that movie with the balls? Not space balls, the tall man. Phantasm. Phantasm. I remember, I believe, he did work on Phantasm 2. Feel free to correct me. I'm pretty sure he did work on Nightmare on Elm Street 3. I could be thinking of it someone else. Regardless, if you look at his uh, filmography, he did a ton of special effects for tons of well-known movies. But I'm going to stop rambling about him because this movie literally is like the expendables of horror because you have... Who is it? You got Robert England. You got Kane Hodder. You got Tony Todd. They all... I'm not going to do any spoilers. Never mind. <laughs> well, you have Ted Raimi. And to go back to Phantasm, the opening narration is Angus Scrim, who was the tall man in Phantasm. So it just has and, like so many things going for it. And do you remember The Pharmacist? I do not. The I Pharmacist can't. was the, like, the first like, kill from the Wishmaster after the bum was like, I wish that he would die of cancer. I remember, the guy, I remember that scene, but I don't know who that is. The Pharmacist was Reggie Bannister from Phantasm. The wow. guy who was the, like, the, the big hero other than Mike. Like, he's <laughs> the guy. And so, so they, that just further just proves your point. There's yeah. all these people in it. They really tried to do what they could, especially in 1997. I watched this with a friend of mine. And he's like, is this a typo? Was this movie shelved? Like, when he's looking at the cast list, he's like, I feel like this was 1987 and not 1997. Yeah. But as I had mentioned before with Night of the Demons 2, how 94, like, everything was like, horror was just gone to shit. Like, 97, you know, we had the resurgence thanks to Scream, yep. where people were actually starting to, like, fund horror again and everything like that. And you're starting to get, like, classic types of horror, not, like, watered-down cheese fests. And so this was a result of that. We were like, Wes Craven was like, I'm going to try to get some dudes that I know, some buddies to get some, their faces out there we're again. Getting, we're getting the boys back together. And so Kurtzman... Get the team together. <laughs> Kurtzman's actually a team of 
of special effects people, K and B effects. And so it's him, Greg Nicotero, and uh, Burger. I can't remember his first name, but you're Jeez. but you're right. Burger. <laughs> but you're I'm right. Sorry, everyone. You're right. They've done a a ton of movies. They they all met. Or at least Burger and Nicotero met. Can you stop saying Burger? Please? It's his name. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I'm but sorry, Burger. They met on uh, working together on Day of the Dead with Tom, under Tom okay. Savini, and they decided like they worked on a whole bunch of different movies. They decided that they were going to start their own company along with Kurtzman. To this day, the company still somewhat exists, but Kurtzman left in like '03, so it's more of just like Nicotero. And they did, like, Walking Dead. They did um, Army of Darkness. And they did Misery. People are like, why do you have a laser disc right in front of you? I was waiting for the big reveal. Because when he brought that, he's like, wait, I got this for a special reason. I'm like, I was expecting, honestly, that to be, like, my assignment. You're like, and you have to figure out a way to play this laser disc. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> I wouldn't make you watch a laser disc, first of all, unless that was the only way to see a movie, but uh, which really is not the case. It but... never, ever was the only way to yeah, see no. a movie. Well, uh, uh, speaking of the special effects, pretty much A-team, the first thing I noticed about this movie was the gore was awesome. So the... I was surprised how cool... So. I thought of the, the term that came to my mind of when I was watching this movie is like people talk about how they like to watch like certain TV shows or play certain games because it's like gun porn. Yeah. It's like it shows you all these cool guns and things you can do or like car porn because it's like all these fancy like yep. sports cars and stuff. This to me was effects porn yeah. because you could tell it was a special effects artist, like makeup artist doing the direction because he's like, I'm putting in as many effects as I can. You can and see they're the budget. Awesome. It was great. They're very, very good effects because it's, there's, there are a handful of uh, digital effects that obviously don't hold up because it's low budget 1997. I let it pass though. Yep. For I the mean, most part, that makes me very angry, but for the most part, it's practical and it looks really good. Like I think like, at the beginning, there's that dude that, like, comes out of his skin and he's, like, a skeleton. Yes, that was very uh, reminiscent of Hellraiser for yes. me. That, it was super cool. But I love seeing those 90s-era practical effects because they're very different than, like, 80s yep. or 2000s or now. Like, it has, like, a certain vibe. And it, I don't know if that's, especially like, technology if you, especially, or style or... And especially if you have a little bit more of a budget behind it. They're not, exactly. They don't have to cut as many corners. They can really go for it. And if you have K&B working on it, you have, like, decades of experience working yeah. on it. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. Well, to go back, I actually remembered that um, Kurtzman actually worked on Nightmare on, Elm, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 before that, Night of the Creeps, which had awesome effects... And that team also worked on Predator, so... I mean, you really... If you picked any one of those three guys, even before they formed K&B, you have, a, like, a list of all these classic movies. They all had talent. And so. then when K&B came about, continued to be awesome. And then now, like, Greg Nicotero is the one who's behind Creepshow on Shudder, so that's why you're seeing... You know, again, the, the budget was a little low on season one, so the special effects weren't the best. Yeah. But they were pretty decent, and I think it's going to get better as the seasons go on, as we discussed before. Like, I think they're going to give a bigger budget now that Shudder's a bigger thing, and they knew that the show's going to be a hit. So 
you know, working on something like Misery was like a big deal for them as a company because that was more mainstream. Yeah. And so like more accepted into the Academy. Yeah. They actually did like the animatronics too. They got into animatronics. They did the animatronics for Dances with Wolves. They did like the Buffalo. Um, You know, there's a list of all kinds of movies that they did that aren't even horror because they're just that damn good. Well, they are the A-team. So I would say Wishmaster, if you want some gore, check it out. It's, I liked it. It was a good movie. I would watch it again. It's good effects. It's, it's got kind of like a cool story. The idea is that, you know, what we think of as genies and has been kind of Disney-fied, where it's like these like cute, fun things. It's like, no, these were actually an ancient race of demons that the djinn. if they if they actually like grant wishes, then they take over the world and the world becomes hell. And so anything, it's also becomes like the whole like monkey paws tale yeah. where like someone will make a wish, but then they get their wish, but it's like very like, it's taken like exact word for word and it gets yeah. twisted around to be like mostly a way for them to die. And that's where these, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. Exactly. God damn monkey paws. So, <laughs> So it gets it gets creative, it gets fun, and you're trying to see how it's gonna go, like how they're gonna, how are they gonna get around, how, like, they how are they gonna, gonna stop trick them? them exactly. And and I thought it was really cool, like just the just the creativity of it all. And I remember seeing it like when it first came out, and I didn't know who. Like I got into horror later on in my life. I always watched like crappy movies, but it was always like crappy like action movies and stuff. Yeah, I didn't get into horror movies until more of like the late nineties and then had to kind of go back and do my homework. And so like I hadn't, didn't even know phantasm was a thing. So I didn't recognize Reggie and didn't recognize, you know, the narrator. I didn't know who Tony Todd was, even though I knew that Candyman was a thing. I knew him as the guy from the crow. Like, you know, it was like, it was like, so there's all these things that like, I didn't know at the time that I didn't appreciate that now watching it, over 20 years later, I appreciated a lot more. Yeah. So if you go back, there's a lot to appreciate. And there's a there's a Blu-ray that you can get. Uh, it's a so, set with all so, four. So I'm going to say you're probably saying Wishmaster 1 is thumbs up. Definitely. I say that it's it's good to go. It's a fun watch. There's a lot to like in it. And the only thing that, um, that I would say is that, like, eh, you know, the other ones... Well, let's touch on those. (laughs) So moving on to Wishmaster 2. This one switched directors. The director's name is Jack Shoulder, who is, uh, (laughs) I think that's how you... That's uh, fucking made up. Yeah, it's it's like, I don't want my name on this. But (laughs) he's mostly known for uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Yep. Um, I would dub this one uh, Wishmaster in prison. Like the... uh, Ernest goes to jail kind of version. <laughs> Wishmaster goes to jail. Yeah, Basically. Wishmaster goes to jail. Yeah. Well, Wishmaster goes to jail slash the Leprechaun movie where he's in Las Vegas because exactly. there's a casino later on That's too. That's true. So they, now, they have multiple locations. One, in this one, the A team is disbanded, and the only person that I noticed who was notable was the guy who played Tebow in Friday was like a prison guard. Yep, Tony Lister. <laughs> Tony Tiny Lister. Of course, Lister. you knew the name. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, he yeah. was in uh, No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred. He was Zeus. <laughs> but I was happy that he was playing a prison guard because I've seen like a hundred movies where he plays a prisoner. Yeah. So it was nice to see he, him be on the other the side. Tables. Yeah. But I'll tell you, the, the special effects 
pretty good in this one. Obviously, the A team, I'm pretty sure, is disbanded. Oh, so it's it's not as good. Not there even was close. Some, there was some cheesy stuff, but I mean, there was some stuff to enjoy. Um, one thing that I thought was funny that I just want to point out is they said the subtitle, the Jin goes, "Evil never dies." <laughs> He's and I'm just like, he said the title in the movie. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah, it was. You could tell right away that like this one was. So the first one was the only one that actually got a theatrical release. After that, they're all straight to video. So immediately, we'll explain why. Immediate, shortly, <laughs> immediately you can tell right away that the budget is lower. It doesn't look anywhere near as good. The effects are nowhere near as good. They're very like basic effects. It's like they were very elaborate in the original. Like I said, you had the guy coming out of his skin and everything. There's nothing that even comes close to yeah. that. There's some cool effects in it. But for the most part, it's pretty basic. Yeah, I think a lot of that was me liking the first one so much and being a little bit apologetic, being like, I kind of want to like this, so I'll give it a pass. Like, But they were nowhere near as good, like no. you were saying. It's Spoiler alert, guys. The series is going to go this way. Yeah. So we're going to have to find a way to oh, fix this Big Mac somehow before the end of the episode. Don't you worry. I got this covered. <laughs> but... uh but yeah, like there. Um, one thing that made me laugh was there's a scene when like the lawyer was like he's like I want my lawyer to to whatever, and he's like I want my lawyer to die because he didn't do do me right. You know, one of the guys oh, in prison, yeah, and like, the guy's like talking, and he's like da da da, and I you can't see my face because I'm wearing a mask. But he's like, it was like it was like a straight up comedy, like again yeah. an earnest movie. The way that he was acting, like the are you shitting was yourself, a little different. And um, the main girl there, tell me if I'm wrong, did she look like a knockoff Lena Headey to you? I didn't notice. <laughs> I'm. Don't make me watch that movie again, please. Uh, I can pull up a screenshot instead, so that <laughs> okay. it's not. We'll we'll talk after. Yeah. But so you basically got my end of review is I don't want to watch this movie again. <laughs> I yeah. watched it for all of you. I suffered for my art. But Wishmaster one, two thumbs up. Wishmaster two. Wishmaster two. This is the way I will say it. It is the best of the sequels. There, that's a positive spin. That right? is accurate. <laughs> that is a positive spin. Spoiler alert, we're going downhill from here, folks. <laughs> we are going to Wishmaster 3 Beyond the Gates of Hell, which was released in 2001. Do you remember the director's name? I'm waiting. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> so I was watching through this whole movie. I'm just like... Spoiler alert, I didn't like it. I never want to watch it again. But at the end, you see the it goes director, Chris Angel. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not the magician no, or whatever is, the hell that guy is, is. It is not. It's a different Chris Angel because Chris Angel, like the wannabe goth guy magician, spells it C-R-I-S-S, I believe. Okay. I don't know. Bill, where are you? Yeah. Because so, he, he, would, he would have had He's that. obsessed with Chris Angel. <laughs> he would have known. Bill, we need you to phone a friend for <laughs> but um so yes it was directed by chris angel well, this chris angel the director probably can't fucking mind freak his way out of a wet paper bag <laughs> no he is nothing else really notable when no. i looked up his nope. his filmography but one thing i'll mention is as far as content this moved a little bit away from the gore and stuff and kind of relied a lot more on nudity from here on out yes because he directed three and four and it's basically like hey you want to see boobs you want to see attractive people get naked and like 
worse plot lines yeah. and it was that was definitely like you they it, were shot back to back yeah you know they they like took the weekend off and then started four like like no joke that's literally how it was done and he's it, like, it, I got to do this before the studio notice, like watches the movie. Yeah. I got to start production now before and, they stop it. And it, it is, it's, it very much has that, like that, like late night, like cable, like Skinamax feel to it where yeah. the look is even cheaper, even though it's newer and therefore it should look better. It looks even cheaper. And yeah, it's like in the first two, there's like no nudity other than like the second one, there's like nudity in the art. Cause there's like art. The art gallery. Okay, yeah. But, I mean, we're talking, like... I'm not counting that. Yeah, exactly. But and... that was one thing that I noticed in the first two, because I go kind of by a rating system. There's nudity, gore, scares, and enjoyment. Right. And this one had very little of everything except for nudity. Right. <laughs> no was like, scares. I wasn't knew, scared. They knew that they didn't have anything else, so that's what they were trying to go for, which is, is not going to make up for it at yeah. all. And for me, anyway. And... Another mistake or misstep, I would say, is they changed the djinn, the actor that plays the djinn. Yes. They changed... He's gone, so I don't know where he went. He actually wrote... Well, I don't mean, like, in real life. No, no, But no, I no. mean, like, as far no, no, as, no. like... I, I, I know. He actually wrote a script for part three. And they rejected it. And the it. studio was like, no, I, I don't like this. So they <laughs> Let's wrote, go with Chris Angel. So they wrote a different one, and he saw that script and was like, I'm out. So what year did Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the show, come out? 97? Because these two movies, I noticed, have a very, like, Xena, Hercules, Buffy feel. That's the low-budget world like, that you're dealing with yeah there. and there was uh, like certain effects where i'm just like i feel like i'm watching a show yeah like when i'm home from school well <laughs> like well the other thing too is it's it's march 10th 1997 buffy Ooh, the vampire slayer thank you thank you josh um i you know you're gonna you're hired you know, I always joke around. I'm like, oh, it's Canadian. These movies were Canadian, the, the sequels. And so you get that You know, you, you say that in a negative context, and I want to, like, have that be a positive <laughs> thing. But now I'm I'm sorry, Canada. It just means – You, you got to do better. It just means <laughs> that they, they can make more on a lower budget, but they're still really low budgets, and you can tell when it's a Canadian production. Yeah. But at the same time, that leads to part three's lead girl is A.J. Cook who is Canadian, and she went <laughs> on course. two years later to be in Final Destination 2. Okay. And then she just finished up, I think. Uh, she was on for like 15 years on that show Criminal Minds. So it's like she's worked. So this goes back to, again, my thing of like the before they were stars. This works well, for that too. I'll tell you too. what, Wishmaster 3 wasn't the thing that got her famous. Yeah, <laughs> no. Well, there also was another girl who had a very, very small part who was also in Final Destination 2 as well. So there's a little reunion there. There we go. Um, it was another another one of like the blonde friends or whatever. Like of it's course. in it for like two seconds, but like to me again, that's like really the only thing I kind of had going for this third one was like, oh, it's a before they were stars. You can see AJ Cook early on. There's Connecticut license plates in the in the flashback when the car flips, and it's like these movies also all have this one thing in common: the main girl who is the the like hero of the story is always like broken in some way. Okay. She has, like, something in her past that's haunting her, and she has to, like, overcome it I did not to, to do that. that. So 
you're going to see that every time. So in this particular movie, the thing that she had to overcome was she feel she blames herself that her parents died in that car crash. She felt guilty. Yeah. I remember that now. But once it got to the point, one of the – I don't want to spoil anything, but remember one of her wishes near the end? And now there's like biblical characters in here. Yes. That was like very like Buffy to me. Yes, it's like, it was. Guys – it became more of like action fantasy. Yeah. And like they even mention it. Like if you go to like IMDb under trivia, it'll say this entry is noted for being less about being horror and more of an action fantasy title. And I was like, yeah, you know what? This is a stupid thing to put as trivia, but they're not wrong. Like, no, they're absolutely and, correct. Three and four both have that like more of an action tone to it, breaking out swords and stuff like that. And again, you're, we're not trying to spoil, even though we're telling you, you probably shouldn't watch it. We know that if you buy it on Blu-ray, you're going to get all four, so you might be tempted. You get to and... watch this terrible movie in high definition. <laughs> <laughs> and I did like a little bit that they like tried to tie it into history. Like They talked about how like the Trojan War was because Helen of Troy wished to a djinn that, everybody, that everyone would love her. And they loved her so much that, again, the monkey paw of it is that it caused wars of how much they loved her. I guess that's cool. But the thing you're, is, is, I feel like you're giving them too much credit. But that's what I'm saying <laughs> is, like, you have a seed of a good idea, and then you totally shit all over that good idea, yeah. and you don't do anything good with it. So, like, I appreciated that aspect, but it doesn't make for a good movie. Yeah. So, so speaking of shitting on a good idea, we move on to Wishmaster 4. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Unfortunately, carrying the torch of being terrible. And like you said, Chris Angel's back again. Yeah. And not doing magic tricks because this was definitely not magic. It was not magical. Not magical at all. Nudity is back in straight from the beginning. Oh, it's, they. It's full front as there's, ever. They're still like, the credits are still rolling. And you know what was kind of weird? Um, we were talking on uh, Discord when I was watching this. And I remember saying, hey, I think I kind of like this movie so far. <laughs> and I'm like, I was shocked when I well, saw that, when I got a, that message. Up to the part, remember the, the lawyer, once again, a lawyer gets it. Yep. But the lawyer who gets it, like, those were some pretty brutal effects. And I was like, up to that point, besides, like, the intro bang session, like, it was pretty good. And I thought, hey... I didn't know it was Chris Angel again. I was like, maybe it's another fourth director. But Chris nope. Angel's back, bringing nudity. And I was like, okay, maybe they're doing something here. And I was wrong. Yeah. I'll admit it. We're all wrong sometimes. Yeah. They, 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 they even upped the ante even more of like, we don't have a good story. We don't have a ton of great effects. So we're going to have even more nudity than we had in the third one. And, and this brings just... up the quality of daytime TV to an extreme level. Yeah, it's, it's and bad. I'll tell you what, there's a twist in this movie where it's like the djinn needs to make her love him or something like yes, that. And there's have, a part where I feel like... I have that as a note here. <laughs> I literally, I look at the screen and I go, is the djinn falling in love? Because nope. it sound, it, there's a part where it seems like he's almost falling for her, and which is stupid as hell for me to say. I am sorry. But well, not only that, because the whole idea is that he can take whatever anybody says and he'll twist it to be this twisted way of granting the wish. And all of a sudden she has this like love wish and he's like, I don't know how to do that. Well, if you go I'm a magic being, to, but I can't do that. If you go back to like the Disney genie, like the genie from Aladdin said, I can't make people fall in love with you. 
So he ain't following you the know rules. What? You know what? You're right. I'm sorry. I guess this movie really stuck to the rules, and I can't <laughs> fault it because I literally have right here in my notes. He can't grant the wish of love? Question mark. No, he can't grant it. But that's kind of like the dilemma. He's got his three brothers or whatever. Like, yeah, you're gonna get that chick to like you, and he's like, give me a minute, I'm trying. <laughs> Which is, as a horror movie, this movie was terrible. Yeah. As like, if you want to watch something that's so bad it's good, maybe, but it's not good. No. It's just bad. It's it's one of those ones that if you're watching it with friends and you just know that it's not going to be good. It, you, you just, if you guys are not going to really need to focus yeah, on it 100%. Yeah, you're just going to shit on it or whatever. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, it'll be good for that. Because I even one of, one of my other notes here is I'm like, was the stripper so hot? <laughs> she was not Do you remember hot. that? They were like talking about how she was like the most beautiful woman in the world. And I, I was remember like, that. I'm like, uh, I don't know. I like, mean, for like the strip clubs I've been in maybe. <laughs> but... Come on, yeah, With Chris Angel, you can do better. Yeah. So I mean, they needed a, they needed. A... <laughs> so Never as mind. a wrap up, I think we both can agree, Wishmaster One, check it out. Yep. And forget everything else. Yeah. It's, you really, <laughs> unless, in, you really unless you're a masochist, <laughs> you can skip the sequels. Um, I think that it's it's something that th- they wanted to keep it going, but it was also like. The original studio that made the first one like got bought by another studio, and that other studio is the one that made the sequels. So that's the thing. Right now, that studio then got bought by Lionsgate. Oh, so geez. I would like to more see, studio acquisitions. I would like to see Lionsgate bring it back, but only if they're going to do it right. Yeah, because they they can they still do good horror movies. Like yeah. that's how they like built themselves up. Anytime that I see like Lionsgate faltering is whenever they try to make themselves be too big. Like, they try to make themselves be, like, a major movie studio. And I don't think that that always works so well for them. But when they do horror, it usually works out pretty well. So I'm not saying it needs to be, like, a crazy budget. I'm not saying it needs to do, like, all the cameos again and stuff like that. But just put a decent effects team behind it. Stay true to the story. And and come up with a story that doesn't rely on you having to do some cheap nudity or whatever to confuse yeah. people to think that it's actually good. So I think that's a pretty good roundup. Yeah. So we're on to our last segment, which is where you, this, this month, you get to kind of uh, tell me what you thought about the movie that I had assigned you, which was Body Melt. <laughs> I just want to say one comment. If you like shitty house music, you're going to love this movie. Dude, I was rocking out. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Every single like scene... Uh, it's your review, bum, but I bum, just remember. I was like, I I was taken aback. Yeah. So but, uh, so we're talking about body melt. Uh, you, you alluded to earlier. We're going to be talking about Australia. This is an Australian movie that came out in the early '90s. I want to say 1993. Uh, I'm familiar with it because Vinegar Syndrome, who I've talked about before many times, uh, actually put this out uh, late 2018. They came out with this Blu-ray. Came with this cool little slip cover and everything. Um, this the movie is like part body horror. If you want to go back to Cronenberg, part um, like backwoods, like outback Oz, like in neck, redneck hillbilly inbred horror, and also <laughs> just hallucinating madness. Yeah, like it's it's a little bit of of, of all those. You mentioned the music. Uh, I guess the writer and um, director were both in a band together back in the day. Okay. And that was like, they made the music. 
I don't know what their band was like because I didn't live in Australia. It's in probably house but... music. <laughs> so uh, I just knew that they were in a band together and they they made this and I like you know ironically and jokingly it was like dancing along, but it's annoying and terrible and constant. It never fits what's going on in the movie. Um, and the, the do you know what a foley artist is? No. It's the person who does like the sound effects that they didn't like like record live like they'll like break celery to be like bones when you when you hear a horse it's a dude with two coconut halves yeah Yeah. (laughs) exactly the foley artist was like working overtime on this movie like every little thing that they did had like super loud sound and i was like why is this like it was just it was so weird so with that being said the whole thing is about this like health spa area thing that's like Got this serum that's going to make everybody, like, super healthy to the point of being, like, like instead of being 100% healthy, you're, like, 150% healthy. Um, but they they find out that it has all these nasty side effects. And this one guy like tries... Like body melt. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so this one guy tries to, like, stop the people from, like, getting it because they'd mailed out some samples to get them to try it. And he doesn't quite make it in time. He starts having, like, shit growing out of his neck and stuff. And he crashes his car. And it just sets off this whole, like, series of events of, like, all these people, like, you have the company that's trying to keep making this product, you have the family that's visiting this health spa at that time, you have the investigation of the car crash, and you have these kids that randomly go to that redneck house for some reason that I I didn't quite figure out how that really even fit into the story other than... Well, I don't even want to say there. Were, it I, was I do, all over the place. It, it it had a reason why, but it's a little bit spoilery, so I don't want to go into it. But it is it is batshit insane. It is a ridiculously crazy movie. It was entertaining in the sense of like the effects were like, I mean, they're gross. But if you're into that kind of stuff, like watching, it's obviously all practical and everything. I was kind of hoping for a little bit more body melt. With the name being body yeah. out, but hey. It did the hallucinations more than it did the yeah. the, the body stuff. But like some of the effects were kind of cool, and I kind of wanted to see where it would lead. But a lot of the times it doesn't <clears throat> totally make sense, and you're questioning what reality is. <laughs> I looked at my buddy, and I was just Australia like. Australia must be crazy. <laughs> Jeez. It's all that isolation, you know? Um, I looked at my buddy, and I was like, did, did I get high before this and not know it? Like, did I forget, like. Uh, for those of you that know someone me, spiked your Mountain Dew. I don't, yeah, I don't even <laughs> drink alcohol. Like I am, <laughs> so I was just like, I don't know what's going on. Um, so, effects. Be, be honest. Effects, I mean, you're not gonna hurt my feelings. No, I, I know at all. I know effects were cool. <laughs> Story made me want to know what was happening, but it's not at all satisfying when you find out. Um, <laughs> so, like, sorry for that weird laugh. It's, <laughs> but I agree. It's, it's. I mean, my, I guess the way you I own the Blu-ray. So yeah, I mean, that must mean something. Well, did I'm, they just trick you with the, the name though? Cause they tricked me with the name. Well, I'm, I'm at a point now where I just, I have the subscription and I just get every movie okay. that, that vinegar syndrome comes out with. So they're just every month I get a package mailed and it's every movie. So that you happen to already have this. Yes. Okay. Cause I believe the reason I heard about it was I, it was just recently added to prime. Yes. And I was like, Ooh, body melt. Yeah. That sounds like body's melting yeah that's gotta be gory yeah you know so it's one of those that i'm sorry that's all i have to say (laughs) like vinegar syndrome is one of those that for the most part i enjoy what they watch for what they are yeah and i would say that it takes a very specific person to be able to watch and enjoy this movie 
if you watch the trailer, it still doesn't even really like help you understand like what kind of movie it's going to be and like what you're in for. Yeah. Um, so it's really hard for me to say of whether or not you should watch it because it, like I said, it's a very, very narrow audience of who this movie is for. I enjoyed that. I watch it, but I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Like I, like, I remember see, telling there... you that I was going to rewatch it, but then I was like, you know what? For the sake of just not really knowing information, I'm just going to wing it and not watch it again because yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. So I'm looking again. here. I was like, well, maybe I'd watch it again with the commentary, but I'm reading it now. It says commentary track with Philip Brophy focused on the sound design and film score. Never mind. I don't want to listen to yeah. that commentary. He's like, did you hear the bass in this part? <laughs> Do you hear the celery snap and the coconut hoof? <laughs> like, no. I I didn't notice that, but thanks for pointing it out. So yeah. Um So it, not a not a recommendation for unless a very special kind of if you're, interest. If you're the kind of person that just you, uh, you is it osploitation a word I think yes, I heard? Yes. So uh, if you're into that, maybe. I don't know anyone who is, but yeah, it's, I, I can't recommend it. Can you? If you're a fan of watching everything Vinegar Syndrome puts out, okay, and you need to like be a completionist of, okay, I need to watch the 243rd movie that they've put out, then so sure. So that's our one person on Facebook out of all of our <laughs> friends. This movie's for you. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think that the audience for this is just, like I said, it's very narrow. It's strange. So I can't like tell people, like, yes, you're going to love this. It's you're going to have to like know you're going to know better than I am. If it's going to be something that you're going to enjoy. I had fun with my buddy. We made some, you know, jokes and laughed about it. And I took some notes that I'm just like, you know what? Like really, I I can get really nitpicky about stuff, but in the end, even if they fix that, it's not like it would have fixed the movie. So like, I'd say I'm not the audience for this film. Yeah. And I'm, I'm the audience of like, I'm okay with like, Having like I watched, I went to my buddy's house last night. We watched three movies in a row, and that was the that was the the shit in the middle of the sandwich. We watched two good movies. Dude, before and that's after. supposed to be the beef, man. <laughs> the hot beef patty. What are you doing? Yeah, you know what? You're right. So that was like a. I enjoyed the bread. I didn't like the beef. Well, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> we now, just, um, we just I, keep going. Now it's time for you to hopefully not have revenge on me. Because this time it's your turn to assign a movie. It is. And I'm uh, excited so, to hear. So for you to be able to watch this, Josh, if you'd like to be able to watch it as well, and then uh, viewers slash listeners, the movie that I picked, uh, I think I may have mentioned it to you before, so I don't know, but I, I wanted to go with it. This is something, it's more contemporary. It's a newer movie. It came out, I want to say, like four years ago. Okay. Called Last Shift. Okay. Have you seen it? I may have. I'm... I've okay. definitely seen the cover. It's so, like the face with the yes. cut. Yes. Okay. So the idea behind it is that it is the last shift of a police precinct before it gets shut down. Okay. Kind of like Assault on Precinct 13, but Assault on Precinct 13 is just like gangs trying to get in. Yeah. This has more of a supernatural element to it. Okay. So you have like, it's a bottle movie where it takes place in like one location. It's just in the police precinct. Probably won't be as good as Green Room, but. And the, No. But, I mean, what is? Come on. You have a very small cast. It's mostly this one girl who I think was on The Walking Dead, and I know her more from – It's I watch those, like, CW, like, uh, DC Comics TV shows. Yeah. And she's on Arrow as as one of the superheroes in that. Well, I may have watched that, but 
like we had mentioned on our previous episode, even if we've seen it before, I usually just like throw them out like I'm throwing cards down. Like I, yep. I watch a lot of movies, so it'd be good to kind of go back and do a little bit more in depth and analysis. And maybe if I didn't like it the first time, maybe actually having to pay attention, I'll enjoy it. But yeah, and the reason why I picked this one is I felt like it's something that's newer, and I think it's something that kind of gets overlooked. It's not something that had like a lot of hype behind it, not a lot of. Um, marketing. It kind of just came and went. I randomly found it on Netflix years ago, and that's how I originally saw it. I remember the cover, and be- certain covers will deter me from watching a movie, or certain like names. Uh, for example, there was an awesome movie called The Devil's Candy. That sounds corny as hell. Yep. But that movie was good. Um, so art is important. Yeah. I mean, we talked about how cool it was. Art body melt. will body melt trick me. <laughs> if Last Shift was called Body Melt, I'm all in. Yeah. But uh, so Last Shift. So I believe it's um, it's not on Netflix anymore, but I believe 2BTV has it, which is a free streaming service. If I can rent it on Amazon, I'll do it for all of you guys. Okay. So Amazon, you can rent it. For those of you at home that want to be able to watch it for free, 2BTV has it with commercials. And I'm um, not going to download Tubi because I'm that old man yelling at the clouds. I'm <laughs> sick of all the apps. I already have too many. Oh, I got Netflix and Hulu. And I agree. And, There's uh, way too many uh, streaming streaming services, but I figured I wanted to at least give some options so that we're not asking people to spend money. Absolutely. So, like, you have kind of an option to, to be able to watch it. I was trying – I was hoping it was still on Netflix when I thought of it, and it wasn't. But I was like, you know what? I don't want to change it because I did really enjoy this movie. Again, it was kind of like Terrifier where it was like you watch it with not really know what to expect and it kind of like just kind of really exceeds your expectations because of it. Yep. It's kind of nice to, to not know. And unfortunately, by me saying that, I'm now setting you up higher. But hey, um, I'll watch it with a, a fair lens. Yeah, I, I think that it was a cool movie and um, I can go more in depth when we talk about it on the next episode. But I would also like for people to take part in this. This would be a good chance for you to be able to Post on Facebook. Tweet at us. We have a Twitter now. I actually started that so that we now have it. It's at BTT Black Hole. <laughs> so I posted the link to Banish of the Black Hole on this Facebook group that's unrelated to this. And I go, oh, I'm recording with Banish of the Black Hole tonight. And I go, is that a porno? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, See, no, but not the, yet. But at the same time. Not until Chris Angel gets involved. Or, or the people who pay for the Patreon. That's true. You know, you did say that. You'll see what's going on under the table. <laughs> but I, I thought that I actually told some people about this. And um, I had one or two people that were actually like, is that because of, um, you know, atmosphere or nightmare? So like they're cool. There's still people out there that get it. They're getting it. Yeah. So if anyone would like to participate, you can comment on Facebook at Facebook.com slash banish to the black hole. Or you can tweet. Which yep. Mike will be responding to because I have no idea how to use Twitter. <laughs> I am an old man, like I said. Um, but you could come and... I think me and Ruber are both older than you. Well, in it's my true. mind... That's true. In my mind, I'm a grumpy old man. But go on Facebook. Go on Twitter. Tell us what you think about Body Melt. Watch Wishmaster 1. Watch Wishmaster 2. <laughs> Um, suggest, watch Last Shift and let us know what you think. And suggest future movies that we'll watch for uh, assignments or whatever the case may be. Like, what do you want us to watch? What movies do you want us to talk about? Maybe not an assignment, but a spotlight like we did with the Wishmaster series. Like, let us I know. I would love to look at another series more in depth. Yeah. Those are fun, I think. Even though Wishmaster 
everything past one was terrible. At least I checked it off my list. Right. Exactly. I had this box set like sitting there. Box set. It's you know two discs or whatever, but um, pretty thin box set. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> it's. I think it's just the two discs. Oh, it's three. Ooh. Anyway, um, I had it sitting. I bought it purely just so I could have the first one, and uh, it was like I really need to get down to watching these. Um, Another side note, I have to, like, send in, there's actually, the discs are, like, defective. Like, the sound is, like, all over the place oh, in them. Geez. And so they're like, oh, yeah, that's a known problem, and we'll send you a free disc replacement. I haven't gotten around to it, and I don't know if I care that much, because Wishmaster 1 worked just fine. <laughs> well, that's the only one that matters. <laughs> exactly. So that about wraps it up for us this time. Thanks for listening and watching. If you're watching for our first video, get on Facebook and get on Twitter. Tell us what you think about Wishmaster, Body Mount, or The Last Shift. And because we have video, YouTube. Catch us on YouTube. We're, we're getting out there, people. Enjoy us. Please. Enjoy. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. First person to notice all the technical errors during this first episode wins uh, the Wishmaster box. <laughs> <laughs>